0: Disengaging is such a hot topic in the stepmom space, and there's a lot of talk online about the power of disengaging and taking a step back from dealing with the stressors around your stepkids, or maybe even the ex. And there's this mindset that says, not my kids, not my problem, but I disagree. I'm not sure if you've noticed or not, but it kind of is your problem. It affects you, maybe even on the daily. I am a huge fan of disengaging though, but it has to be in a mindful and deliberate way. In fact, I think that there is a right and a wrong way to disengage, Do it the right way and it can improve your relationships, improve your mental health, reset the foundation of your step family life, but do it in the wrong way. And well, it can just make things a hell of a lot worse. If you are a stepmom and you're wondering if you should disengage and you want to learn the right way to do it, I have a free quiz that you can take. It takes less than 60 seconds. All you have to do is go through, answer a few questions, and then I will tell you if disengaging is the right move for you. And if it is, I have some resources to help you figure out exactly how to do it in a way that can help you improve relationships, reset your stepfamily life, and give you the breather that you need. I'm going to warn you, though, you have to be prepared to throw everything you thought you knew and understood about disengaging out the window. If you want to know if disengaging is right for you, head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash should I disengage? You can also DM me the word disengage on Instagram, and I will send the link right to your DMs. That's www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash should I disengage.
1: When we're feeling like we're taking on too much responsibility, that can actually be an early sign of burnout, is that we feel the need to go around making kind of these proclamations. So, a really frequent one that I'll hear is a stepmom that'll just kind of blurt out one day, I don't have to do any of this, you know. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I think
0: I might have said that last week, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I think I said that. Hey, it's Jamie Scrimger. When I became a stepmom, I quickly realized that while moms are encouraged to keep it real, there's a big double standard when it comes to stepmoms. So I decided to start the conversation myself. Thriving as a stepmom doesn't just come from conversations about being a stepmom, though. Here, we dive into marriage, relationships, personal growth, and more. My mission? Inspire you to live a kick-ass life while bringing you along as I create my own. This is the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. Today, I am chatting with one of my favorite stepmoms that I have connected with here online, Michaela Buchneri. So, Michaela is no stranger to the podcast and she is no stranger to the membership, the kick ass stepmom community. So I'm kind of going to skip the big intro. Basically, Cool's notes. She's a therapist and she just launched a new platform, the anxious stepmom, all about coaching stepmoms specifically in overcoming anxiety, which is a huge struggle for a lot of stepmoms. You know, I've been really open about my experience with anxiety throughout the years. And it's just something that I've been focused on overcoming in the last year or so. It's I'm just kind of done with it being a part of my narrative. And, you know, anxiety is, like I said, such a common struggle for so many stepmoms. Many had anxiety before they became a stepmom. Others didn't experience it until they became a stepmom. But either way, this conversation is going to leave you with tactical tips on how to move forward. So we're diving into burnout as a stepmom. I don't know if you're in burnout or coming close to feeling burnt out. The different types of anxiety, strategies for dealing with anxiety, mindful disengaging, communicating with your partner about your step family stress, and what to do if your partner isn't receptive to your stepmom experience. So many great tips in this one. Let's dive in. Michaela, welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you. Thank
1: you so much.
0: I'm so glad to be back. Thanks, Jamie. I know this is a couple times now. well, you've been you're you're very active in the membership and I think you've been on the pod before. But for those who aren't familiar, can you just give us like a quick little rundown of your stepmom experience and you know what your family dynamic looks like? And you just started anxious stepmom, which is really exciting because, well, that's what we're going to talk about today. And I think we can all relate to that. Sure. Yeah.
1: So, I, like so many other stepmoms, my path to stepmoming was unexpected. I came to it in a roundabout way when I met my now husband, who was a divorced dad of two, over 10 years ago now. And so, I'm stepmom to two awesome boys who are not boys anymore. They're teenagers, they're 15 and 17. But my background, my career background is in clinical psychology. So that's the lens that I bring to the work I'm doing now, which is as a stepmom coach. And while that's focused on lots of different parts of the stepmom experience, really my sweet spot is in the experience of anxiety. And that goes for stepmoms who may not identify with like capital A anxiety diagnosis, but just experience the universal feelings of anxiety.
0: So happy to be here and chat about that. Well, there's lots to chat about. So <laughs> let's talk about the different kinds of anxiety for stepmoms, because I do think anxiety has become almost like this buzzword, right? Everyone's experiencing anxiety. We're talking about anxiety. We're normalizing anxiety, which is amazing. But I do think there's obviously a spectrum of anxiety, and people experience anxiety in different ways. So can we dive into that before we kind of get into the whole you know, stepmom experience? Sure. So when we think about anxiety really
1: the actual experience of anxiety is something that's innate in us. It occurs in all humans and it is designed to keep us safe. It's designed to protect us, keep us prepared, punctual, you name it. It is designed to serve a very real function. And the way that can manifest in our bodies is through things you might associate with it, like Racing hearts, sweaty palms, kind of a butterflies in your stomach kind of feeling, as well as racing thoughts. It can play with our emotions and can drive certain behaviors that we might not otherwise engage in. But when we think about the full spectrum of anxiety, we do see that there are some people who experience it in specific patterns and to a certain degree of intensity that it would constitute what we in the psych world would call an anxiety disorder. And like so many other labels that we give, you can think about it as we're laying bricks and each brick is a certain set of symptoms. And we're looking at things like how often do these occur? How intense are they? And really, to what extent is it disrupting your day-to-day life? Like how big a deal is it for you right now? So we take all of that into account and that gives us sort of this complete picture of whether or not it constitutes an anxiety disorder. And when we think about anxiety disorders, there's a whole range of them. But some of the most common ones that people might have heard of are generalized anxiety disorder. Most often, that's when people identify with "I'm just an anxious person." Like anxiety is just taken up residence in my life, and I know it like an old friend friend of me. And usually, generalized anxiety disorder, or GAD, as it's sometimes shortened, it tends to follow certain themes. So it might be themes about health or safety, themes about uh, money. It can show up in different ways, but it it really does tend to be like this mixtape that plays over and over again of kind of like the greatest hits of your worries. Then we see panic disorder, certain social anxiety disorders, certain obsessive compulsive disorders really can run the gamut. But what I would love for anyone who's tuning in to this to keep in mind is that you absolutely can be experiencing the same sorts of thoughts, body sensations, and emotions, and just not constitute a full diagnosis. But it's still a very real experience of anxiety for sure.
0: I want to tell you a story. So I was away with my aunt and my cousin about two years ago now. And they are the type of people who have all of their supplements and protein bars and goodies all in a big Ziploc bag when they travel. It's actually so great because they're so organized. They always have the goods and I'm just not on my game in that way. Now, one morning I was feeling a little dehydrated. And so my aunt gave me some watermelon element salt to put in my water. So in case you've been living underneath a rock element is an electrolyte drink mix. It's the one that everyone has been talking about. And after trying it, I was obsessed for the rest of the trip. I had heard about element on other podcasts, but I had never tried it. And I just felt so good. Loved the taste and was like, I'm going to reach out to this brand and see if they want to partner on the podcast because I really believe that everyone needs some element in their life. Honestly, every time I'm away or if we're out with friends, I have some in my bag. And I'm like, you have to try this. So fast forward about a year later, Element has been a sponsor of the podcast for a while now. And I love it because it's one of the habits that I have in my daily routine. And my stepson and husband also love Element too. If you have not jumped on the element train yet, I got to tell you now is the time. A growing body of research has revealed that optimal health outcomes occur at sodium levels that are two to three times the government recommendations, which is why element says more salt, not less. So each pack of element has a truly meaningful dose of electrolytes in a science backed ratio. So that's 1000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium and 60 milligrams of magnesium no sugar, no sketchy ingredients, no gluten, no sugar. And so many other electrolyte drinks are just full of crap and sugar and lacking an actual electrolyte. So with element, you can be confident that you're getting everything that you need and nothing that you don't element comes in eight flavors. And when you place an order through this link, www.drinklmnt.com forward slash Kick ass stepmom, you get a free sample pack with your order. This way you can try all the flavors and figure out your favorite. My go-to is watermelon and raspberry. My husband and stepson love the lime. www.drinkelement.com forward slash kickass stepmum for a free sample pack with purchase. Try risk free with a money back guarantee. That's www.drinklmnt.com forward slash kickass stepmum. And I've been thinking a lot about how much anxiety, when it comes to stepmoms, is it situational, right? Are we finding ourselves in situations that are causing us to have this anxiety and maybe we don't have the coping skills, maybe we don't have, you know, the mindset shifts in order to deal with it? Because I do think, you know, there's the disorders and then there's just an experience. And, you know, for me, and I've been very open about my experience with anxiety, I've been really diving into it over the last couple of years. And more specifically, like the last six months, you know, I switched my meds up. I've been doing some work just around like, what are my triggers? What's going on here? And I've realized how much my anxiety, I was dealing with these anxious feelings by trying to control things. Like that was my response. And a lot of it had to do with dysfunction. So, dysfunction in my family. You know, with my family of origin, with my with my mom and my my dad and my sisters, all of all the things we just grew up with a little bit of a dysfunctional situation, and then trying to control things as an adult and as a stepmom in my stepfamily life, right? So it was like I had these feelings, and my reaction was to control things, try to make sure everything was fine. Do you like, experience that a lot with people who are are struggling with this? Absolutely. I mean, all people, stepmoms for sure. I think
1: that element of control is part of kind of a trifecta of forces at work when we're experiencing anxiety that I find so helpful to share with stepmoms in particular, but Very much so. Control cuts both ways. So we often are trying to exert control on our environment, which is a very normal response. It's very human to want to wrangle order out of chaos. And just as you've said, that is shaped by our early experiences. Our early experiences, I know you know this, you've talked about it a lot on the podcast, but Those are not a forecast or a death sentence or a projection of how we're always going to be. We have lots of opportunity to shake things up in how we relate, especially as adults. But we're kidding ourselves if we think that doesn't play a role in what we pull out when we reach into our toolkit for how to respond to a situation that feels threatening. The other side of the control coin, and this, I guess, connecting more specifically to the stepmom experience, is just how little control we have in so many elements of this life. And so that is one of the key pieces of that three-part description that can be helpful to keep in mind. Is like all humans like control, not just the type A control freaks. We all want it. And we especially want it when something that we really value is on the line. And that could be something like our immediate comfort that could be like our safety, that could be things like our long-term security or purpose or legacy. It could be any number of things that we personally value. And when we feel like that is being threatened somehow, it is a very common experience to try and exert control. But we often don't have that ability to control the situation. Mm -hmm. And that goes
0: for all of us, not just (laughs) stepmoms. True, true. It's actually true. The narrative that stepmoms have told ourselves too, right? And obviously there's the narrative that society has given us about what it means to be a stepmom and kind of those unrealistic expectations. But I do think as stepmoms, we do really bask in this storyline that we don't have control over a lot of our lives. And I think that doesn't serve us, in my opinion, because there's a lot of things I do have control over. And when I'm looking at all the things that I don't, and I'm speaking for all stepmoms here, that's all we see right? You lose sight of what you can do to help control your situation or you can't control another person. You can't control the ex. You can't control your stepkids, but you can control your mindset, how you respond, what you will and will not participate in. It's it's interesting, right? And it switches us to that victim mentality, right? When we're just focused on all the things that we don't have control over and that does not serve anyone.
1: It doesn't. And you know, what's so interesting about that too, Jamie is I think there's space for all kinds of different stepmom experiences. Like I love when any stepmom is able to speak genuinely about what it's like, because for so long we've had such a narrow definition of what a stepmom is, that to have these inside looks is always a good thing in my mind. But what can happen is we get these really like two polar opposite pictures of what it looks like. And that can feed into a lot of our anxious behaviors as stepmoms. So as one example, I think it's wonderful when someone will come forward and share that, you know what, all the adults in their stepfamily situation get along. And in fact, their friends, the exes still talk, are, are friendly with one another. Maybe they've vacationed together. That is not The case for everybody. And I would argue that's not the case for most step families for some very clear reasons. But that's one extreme. The other extreme that we often see, and again, these are valid experiences, is the story of the high conflict situation where the adults can't even interact with one another because it is so volatile. The problem with both of those situations is that when a stepmom looks at those, and those are the two examples that we see over and over again, or at least shared most loudly, is that she thinks, well, that doesn't fit my experience. And so I don't know where that leaves me. And in particular, the example of the good step family situation, we see this a lot um, on social media where someone will share, you know, just appreciation for the bio mom or the step mom or vice versa. And someone will say, must be nice. Like, You know, I bet that would make it easier. And for sure, I'm sure it facilitates ease in a lot of ways. But what that can also do is have the unintended consequence of a stepmom looking at that and saying, well, then I don't have access to that kind of peace. I don't have the ability, like, that's not possible for me and my family to function in a healthy way. When the truth is there are a great many families where the adults are all doing the dang thing. They're working it out despite the fact that they're not best friends. And so I look forward to when we have more and more of those stories elevated because I think it points back to the opportunity that we all have. Because those adults in that middle situation, who, again, I think are most step families, they're making a lot of choices. They're operating in their area of control. And so I think there's a lot of important lessons that can be gleaned from that of what they're doing, what kind of discomfort they're rolling with, um, how they're communicating. And I just think that's really rich ground for stepmoms to take back some of the control that we really
0: do have. Yeah. I think the one thing that really stands out when you say that to me is I feel like there's idea that you have to be consistent to, it's like always the same, right? When it comes to your relationship with the ex or how you're feeling about being a stepmom or even like the disengaging piece, right? And understanding that when you're talking about doing what feels right for you or operating in your area of control, sometimes that means taking yourself out of a situation for a little bit and you know, disengaging, practicing some self-care, but that doesn't mean you're like, not my kid, not my problem. I'm not doing anything to do with this. I don't have anything to do with the ex, like whatever. You're just taking that space, right? And as time goes on, you can shift the way you do things based on your own mental health and where you're at and what's best for your family at that time. And I think that's also an area that we don't talk about enough because you you can, It, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And You know, your relationship with the ex right now may not be the same way it is a year from now. You know, people grow, people change, they evolve, they process things, they forgive, they, you know, just let it go. I
1: totally agree and I think that it's a nice segue kind of back into that three-part picture of anxiety that I that I mentioned because it's so it comes up so often for so many stepmoms. So we talked about control and how often there's just very little control that a stepmom sees in her situation. Meaning she still has a lot she can control, but there's a great many decisions that have already been made before she even entered the scene that very much affect her but she might not be able to shift on her own, at least certainly not to the degree she could when she was just in charge of her own life prior to joining the step family. There's also the issue of ambiguity. So we like roles that are very clear. We like to know what's expected of us. And that goes for everything. But the stepmom role, more than any other role in a stepfamily dynamic, is so ambiguously defined. It is Murky waters. It's shifting sands. It changes by the day. No two step families are alike. And so when you have a stepmom who's entering this situation, highly motivated to show up, well, do a good job, be one of those successful step families <laughs> and not a statistic. And then she has no clear, meaningful indicators of whether or not she's doing a good job. That's when you get the stepmom the gas and the brake pedal at once. And it's this herky-jerky dance, gives everyone whiplash, it's no good. Then you have the issue of support. Stepmoms by and large report much lower support from other people outside of them and much higher rates of judgment. And so this is where we now have come such a long way in encouraging moms to speak up about things like mental health issues they're experiencing, mental load, <laughs> overwhelm, overfunctioning, It's beautiful. It's an absolute double standard because we're just not there with stepmoms. Stepmoms, they have some spaces. Your community is a beautiful space where this can happen. It's just not the same publicly. And so when you have a stepmom who is experiencing diminished control over her day-to-day, an ambiguous role she's functioning in, and no real sources of support around her, It is a perfect storm that can create anxiety for her. And that's why so many stepmoms who never experienced anxiety before report it when they become a stepmom.
0: Yeah, that's such a good point. Just figuring out who you are in this family. The problem is, it's who you want to be isn't necessarily who other people want you to be. I think that's the hard part too. And who you are to one person in this family might be very different than who you are to another person in the family dynamic. And there's just that stress too. Like I think about my relationship with my stepkids. I have three stepkids. I have a great relationship with two of them. The third, it is really dependent on the day. And you know the teenage thing obviously adds to it because that's just, there's a lot of age appropriate behaviors there. But man, like just the anxiety about what to expect when things are, unpredictable, right? When you don't know how to take someone because sometimes they're great and other times they're not, right? And I think that a lot of people experience that or a lot of stepmoms experience that with the X as well, the inconsistent X. Do you have any tips for that? Like how do you manage your anxiety when you're dealing with someone? It's like, you don't know what you're going to get. So I won't do a deep dive into all the nerdy research on this, but
1: there's some great research on schedules of reinforcement and punishment and how what that does to shape our behavior. So things like a slot machine and how you never quite know when it's going to hit the jackpot is what keeps people coming back. And there are just factors that are below our level of awareness, but are operating and pressing down on us as stepmoms that can drive us to do certain things like experience a massive uptick in anxiety right before transition day or right before drop off or right before the sporting event where we're all going to be together. And it can kind of fly in the face of logic sometimes. I hear from a lot of stepmoms of, you know, things have actually been going pretty well. So why all the anxiety all of a sudden? And sometimes that's, very much the thing that can trigger that anxiety, that feeling of waiting for the other shoe to drop or knowing I have been doing this for five, six, seven years, and I've yet to see a discernible pattern. I don't know what the next but beat is going to be in our rhythm as a step family. And that is very unsettling. And so that's when we see a lot of that anxiety come up for stepmoms. What can be helpful for so many of them? is to step back and just recognize that it's happening. Like just call it for what it is. Because sometimes what ends up happening is we experience an emotion or we experience something in our bodies, and we're already on to judging that feeling before we've even acknowledged it, right? We're like, ugh, I'm still here. This is still a struggle. I'm not over this yet. Or this is stupid. This shouldn't bother me. Like, When has anyone ever motivated themselves to have a different emotional experience by saying that, Right. So if you can just stay with it long enough to even put it in a sentence, I know it sounds silly, but just like as you're brushing your teeth, like, whoo, there's the butterflies or like palms are sweaty again, being able to just offer yourself a little bit of compassion. It doesn't have to be a big, complex, flowery exercise. It can be as simple as this is hard and you've done hard situations before as a stepmom. From there, you can kind of think about little circles of influence outside of that. You can look to your immediate supports. Partners are really, I think, kind of one of your best allies, hopefully in this, in that they've seen the patterns or lack of patterns too. They know they probably are hip to the fact that you're experiencing anxiety. It's hard to keep anxiety a secret for too long. It kind of leaks out whether or not we want it to. right? And so being able to talk to your partner ahead of time, hey, the last 17 (laughs) drop-offs I've experienced this, I would love for number 18 to look different. Can we talk it through? Can I tell you what I've done before if they don't already know? And can I tell you what my instinct to do is right now? And can we just name the fear that I have right now? And if this feels kind of like loosey-goosey therapist talk I just want you to think about how many times you're probably doing this already. You're talking through plans that you're going to have to figure out as a couple all the time. This just looks different because you're doing it kind of immediately in the moment. And what that enables you to do is put your heads together and maybe make a different choice. Maybe say, gosh, being there, being really involved at this interaction all those times before hasn't served me well. And I'm experiencing a ton of anxiety right now, which means I'm probably not showing up as like my highest self at that drop off. So maybe I opt out of this. And so all of this, Jamie, is to come back and reinforce what you said, which is that something like mindful disengaging is a beautiful third option. If you take nothing else from this, for the folks that are listening, I want you to remember when you get sucked into all or nothing thinking, being like, there are only two options here, it's probably not true. So, if you can step back long enough to say, what's my third option? What's a third option? And so, so often stepmoms will think, I either have to wear all the hats for my stepfamily, I have to be there at every touch point, I have to do all the things, or they say, I've got to just shut down completely and opt out of everything. That's why I love how you talk about mindful disengaging. It's like no, it takes some work. It takes effort to decide what you're going to step back from. Mm-hmm. But if you can do it the right way, it's a beautiful gift you can give yourself and your step family.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, something that really helps Darren and I is even you know looking at the week ahead and saying, you know, here's what we've got going on. And maybe I'm feeling super anxious about the kids at this point. And this doesn't happen as much now because the kids are older and a little more independent. But say it was a hockey or something going on or pick up or drop off. I would like, hey, can you do that on Thursday? You know, I'm just feeling like I could barf about it, right? And you can even <laughs> just have conversations like that. But instead of just yeah. sitting in it and being stressed out all week, and then on Thursday being like, this is not my responsibility. Why is this on me? Like, I need to disengage. Let's really like take the time to have a conversation about what the best way to move forward is for your family. But if you're, if you're reacting last minute and you're not getting you know prepared about what's to come, cause you know, it's causing you anxiety. Right. But it's like, you're saying let's, let's just name it. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And naming it has this cool way of draining some of the oomph out of it. It really does take the wind out of the sails of that worry. Once you, hold it up into the light and just say, this is what's happening right now. It's when we tamp it down. You know, Avoidance is one of those really mysterious things where it feels like a tool. It feels like an asset or a coping strategy. I'm just going to avoid the thing that's making me anxious. What could be more logical than that? But avoidance over time of an anxiety provoking situation, and this is different than thoughtfully deciding to opt out of something. But if there's something that happens over and over again in your step family situation and you're feeling anxious and so you progressively step back further and further from anything that kicks up that feeling what you've now trained yourself to do is fear the experience of anxiety in your body rather than the trigger and that is a problem because then it just strengthens the anxiety over time and so anything that you can do to just kind of just name it for
0: what it is really does help you regain some of that healthy control. I am and always have been very obsessive about moisturizing my skin since as long as I can remember. I love getting out of the shower and just putting on a good lotion. And I always moisturize my legs and feet and arms and my whole body before I go to bed. In fact, I am so dedicated to this routine that even if I get out of bed and then I get back into bed, I do the whole lotion routine again. Darren's always like, Jamie, are you serious right now? Anyway, my moisturizing game is strong. And for the longest time, I have been looking for a super hydrating, clean, vegan, cruelty-free moisturizer that works and that I love. And I am proud to share that I have found one and I am obsessed. It is from Osea. I have been using the collagen body lotion and the anti-aging body balm, and they're so amazing. The collagen body lotion is ultra hydrating. It's lightweight and scientifically proven to visibly firm skin in just four hours. No joke. No joke. It does. And as we get older, we kind of need that support. When I hydrate, I want my skin to feel dewy and moisturized and firm and soft. And this stuff does it. It is packed with clinically proven ingredients, including vegan collagen and hyaluronic acid to deliver lasting hydration for radiant revitalized skin. Again, it also gives my skin this dewy look, which I love. In fact, this weekend I was up at the cottage and a friend was like, what are you using on your skin? It looks so dewy. I'm obsessed. And it was Osea. I'm also using the anti-aging body balm. It combines lasting hydration of the lotion and then the anti-aging benefits of a serum. I love it as well. So for over 27 years, Osea has been on a mission to create Clean, seaweed-infused skincare that respects the natural world and makes skin look and feel its absolute best, which they're obviously accomplishing. So today it's called Clean Beauty, but it is what Osea has been doing since the beginning. Products are infused with seaweed because it's rich in vitamins and minerals and nutrients with endless benefits from the ocean. You have to go check out their site. There are so many products to choose from, and I cannot wait to try more from skincare to hair products to body scrubs. There's just so many amazing products to choose from. So go to Osea and use the code kickass at checkout, and you're going to get 10% off your order. That's W-W-W-O-S-E-A-M-A-L-I-B-U.com and use the code KICKASSSTEPMOM at checkout to get 10% off your order. I love back-to-school shopping. Not only do I love helping the kids pick out their backpacks and school supplies and shoes and just the things they need to start their fresh new school year, I usually do a little fall shopping myself. And this year I got myself my own backpack from Poppy Barley. So Poppy Barley is a female founded, sustainable Canadian footwear and accessories brand, and their mission is luxury for the people and the planet. Poppy Barley crafts sustainably made products that are fair priced and designed to be worn on repeat, which as you guys know, I'm all about being deliberate and getting timeless pieces when it comes to my wardrobe. So this is so aligned for me. They are a certified B corporation, which means they meet the highest standards of verified social environmental performance, transparency, and accountability. So this year, one of my biggest intentions is to be more organized, especially when it comes to my work. We are always on the go, and I'm often working out of my car in race's dance parking lot or doing work in the lodge of the ski hill when she's doing her lessons. And I usually just throw my laptop in my tote, but this is not working for me. Once my laptop came out of my bag and I ran over it with my car and another time my water bottle leaked in my bag and ruined my laptop. Like I have such bad luck with laptops, but I am confident now that with the backpack from Poppy Barley, with the special compartments for my, all my electronics, this is no longer going to be an issue. I'm going to get it together. So this classic leather backpack converts into a briefcase too. So you just have to unhook the straps, tuck them in and go. It is perfect for someone who's commuting and just who, you know, is working on the go. The backpack has been one of their best-selling styles for seven years and is handcrafted in a family-owned facility in Mexico. I also have my eye on the glove fit flat in black and Poppy Barley's Kensington boot. They are freaking gorge. I'm definitely going to be using my own code. So you can head to poppybarley.com and use the code kickassstepmom for 10% off your order. That's www.poppybarley.com and use the code kickassstepmom to get 10% off your order. You can't use this code in conjunction with any other promotions and it's limited to one per customer. www.poppybarley.com and use the code kickassstepmom for 10% off. What would you say if someone has a partner who's not all that understanding about the anxiety and they would say, well, it's not that big of a deal. Like you need to come to drop off or we should be doing this together. We're, we're partners in this or something along those lines. I know I would be like too bad, buddy, but I know a lot of, <laughs> a lot of stepmoms struggle with that pressure. What do you say, Jamie? Yeah, yeah. I would say, uh, go after yourself. <laughs> right. probably right. what I would say.
1: What's really funny. I was getting a lot of airtime recently for a while was this idea of A partnership is not 50-50 every single time, and it doesn't look like both people locking arms and showing up to the same event over and over again. A partnership is not FaceTime, butts in seats on the clock like a robot. A partnership is a strategic pairing. It is two people putting their heads together and saying, here's your strengths and here's mine. Whether or not you realize that's not a strength or whether or not I realize this is a, you know, opportunity area for me to grow, let's be able to be real about it so that we can play to our strengths as a couple. And so that might look like letting your partner know, I love you and I appreciate you. Like, I always recommend kind of affirming what you do appreciate about them. That's not just paying lip service. That's just good communication skills, right? Like get some buy-in from the start compared to the thing you got to understand or like, you've got this all wrong, dot, 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 you've already lost them. But being able to let them know, first of all, that it's real, but then connecting it very quickly to an outcome that you do have their buy-in. So when I repeatedly put myself in this situation where I feel like this, even if they've never felt that feeling before, by following it up and saying, it then makes it really hard for me to fill in the blank with something they care about. It doesn't have to be serious. It could be, it makes it really hard for me to go, like, have a good date night with you. It makes it really hard for me to laugh at your jokes that normally I would. It makes it hard for me to think of creative ideas at work, which you know is a big part of my role at work. Like, just painting the picture for them really does bring it to life and makes it more concrete. But sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes you really do need to help bridge that gap and say, I would love to help you understand. And so there are so many creators out there that have put together awesome videos, blog posts, etc. I have some I can share about just like Filling in loved ones of what the experience feels like and just asking them, can I send that to you? Like, would you read this? That would mean so much to me because sometimes hearing it from an
0: outside source rather than your partner helps loved ones hear it with fresh ears. Yeah, for sure. And even saying to them, it impacts my ability to show up as the wife and the stepmom as I want to be. You know, I'm feeling depleted. I'm feeling you know, extra anxious. And I don't want to feel that way when we have time with the kids saying something like that, because they want you to be at your best as well. Obviously they have this idea of what step family life should be like, but yeah, I think that's a big struggle for a lot of stepmoms because, you know, going back to something you said, you know, your partner should be your partner, your partner should be the person who, you know, you can talk to about everything that's going on with your step family stress. But sometimes I've worked with stepmoms who that's not the person they can go and talk to about their stepfamily stress, at least right now. Right. So if you're listening to this and you're saying, my husband would lose their mind or my partner would lose their mind or feel really hurt or feel like I uh, have my foot halfway out the door or something like that, just know that's common too. And sometimes you have to find that other support in your life to go to and say, hey, like, this is what I'm feeling. Like, I have a girlfriend. She's a stepmom in a stepmom role as well. And we can say whatever to each other. And there's things that I can't say to Darren, even, and Darren's very open about all of this, but I say to her, yeah. and it feels, you just feel seen and understood, yes. right? So finding that person, I think, is really Important as well, especially if your partner's not really in that place.
1: Absolutely. And I think that again, that's part of that realistic picture that I, I am so happy we're seeing more and more of step speaking up about is that you can have a beautiful, healthy partnership. And there are just some things that when you say them out loud to your partner, will feel hurtful even when that's not the intent and even when you're just stating a fact as respectfully as possible. So for example, I hear sometimes from stepmoms, you know, it's hard for me to connect with the stepkids right now for whatever reason and there are so many reasons that that could be the case. But when I say that even really gently to my partner, I can just tell that it like it feels like it's a indictment of our whole step family or like how lovable the kids are or my commitment to us. And so being able to present it in those terms that like the example you gave of this is preventing me, like right now, it's just really hard for me to show up the way I want to reinforces the reality that this is a choice over and over again. And up until this moment, and hopefully going forward, you've said yes, over and over again, even when it hasn't felt natural, and it hasn't felt easy. That's amazing. And so being able to reinforce that commitment to your partner can go a long way. And then finding safe, supportive spaces where you can break it down, like you and your girlfriend, of just like, here's what I'm actually feeling. Like all of that is true, but this is true too. But I can say it to you and it won't it won't feel
0: personal to your friend. Yeah, we always say, oh, if our group chat got leaked, boy, yeah. <laughs> we're all in some serious trouble. No, uh, you know, stepmoms will say to me too – I want my my partner to understand that I don't love their kids like my own. Like I don't love my stepkids like I love my own kids. And it makes them mad and I just need I just need him to understand that. I need him to just agree. I'm just like I think you should just stop saying that to him. Right? I think that that's not something that he can hear right now, right? And I I think Just having that unrealistic expectation from society or from your partner or what this whole stepmom thing should look like is causing a lot of stepmoms' anxiety too. Because then when they go to speak to someone about it or they say it out loud, because there's these things that we don't feel comfortable actually saying out loud because of that judgment, they feel even more anxiety because their experience isn't being validated.
1: Yeah. That is such a real life example of an opportunity for a stepmom, for any of us, to. Stop and ask ourselves, like, why do I want to say that to my partner so badly? What am I hoping to gain from saying, I don't love your kids like they're my own or like my own kids that I have? Like, what's behind that? What is the fear? What is the goal? Because often it doesn't take long, like, just with a little space to reflect. I've talked with stepmoms who are able to uncover things that amazingly are pretty simple and that they already are accomplishing through other conversations with their partner, or they're already proving through their actions. And what they end up finding is like, oh, I guess it doesn't actually need to be said. But a lot of times it's like a fear, a fear of not being fully seen. Or oftentimes... When we're feeling like we're taking on too much responsibility, that can actually be an early sign of burnout is that we feel the need to go around making kind of these proclamations. So a really frequent one that I'll hear is stepmom that'll just kind of blurt out one day. I don't have to do any of this, you know, (laughs)
0: like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think
1: I might've said that last week, actually. (laughs) Yeah, I think I said that. I think I might've said that at one point, that can be an early sign Not that you need to say that and you need to have that specific conversation. It actually points to, I'm feeling overloaded or I'm feeling like a little disconnected from who I was before I became a stepmom. And the beautiful thing is there's lots of ways to get that need met that don't
0: involve having the same conversation on repeat with your partner. Yeah, because those actually don't work. (laughs) No, let's talk about burnout though. What are some strategies for stepmoms who are feeling burnt out? They're feeling extra anxious, maybe really triggered before the kids are coming or just all the things. What are some strategies to crawl out of that place? Because I will say from experience, if you're on the brink of burnout right now, and that just kind of hit home for you, this is your sign. You were supposed to listen to this podcast. That was your sign. You have to work on this now, because when you really get to that place of burnout, when you're there in it, it's a very hard place to crawl out of. It really
1: is. And I know you've shared openly about your experience with it. It's something I've experienced. A couple of just myths that I want to quickly debunk about burnout, period, are that It's possible to burn out in just one area of our life, like in one segment of our life. That's not actually what we see happen with burnout. There might be one area of our life that needs real attention and that is a priority for where changes need to happen. But when burnout happens, it seeps into every part of our life. And that's when you see the person who's maybe experiencing an overload at work. It absolutely changes how they relate to their family members at home or in their friendships. The other thing that I want to debunk is the idea that it's only possible to burn out on bad things. Like it's only because you've taken on, you're in the wrong job, or it's something to do with your specific step family. Like you're in the wrong, you're doing things wrong. It is totally possible to burn out doing things you love, like doing a a variety of things you care about and value. It's more a question of how are you allocating your finite resources? Like, we can't be all the things all the time. And to go back to something you mentioned earlier on in this conversation, it shifts over time. Like, never mind about just how much step family life changes over time. Our health evolves over time. Hormones shift over time. Oh, gosh. Don't even get me on the hormones. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many factors that are constantly coming together and creating this picture of whether burnout is possible for you. I'm a big fan of trying to be proactive and paying attention to early indicators. And it can be things like irritability. Irritability is actually uh, an early anxiety sign that people overlook because they just think I've got a bad attitude. When really, if you're noticing you have less patience in any area of your life, you feel like you're just, your nerves are frazzled, the burnt toast metaphor that I know you shared recently, that is a sign that you're kind of operating on borrowed time. And what ends up happening is so many stepmoms, especially stepmoms who have been overfunctioning chronically, like they've just been going hard (laughs) in multiple areas of their life and probably doing a pretty dang good job at it that gets heavily reinforced by the people around us. It's very uncommon to have a partner or a family or a boss say, settle down, like you're doing too much, you're taking on too many extra things. That tends to be heavily reinforced, especially for us as women. And so if you're noticing that things are kind of starting to go off the rails, or you just don't have as much get up and go in the morning, or you're feeling like your energy is dropping off, or there's any kind of sign that you're not feeling at home in your body, I really recommend, and this might seem like it's kind of jumping a few steps ahead, at this point, I pretty much always recommend checking in with a healthcare provider right away. It might be overkill in the sense that it's early enough on that you can make just some simple adjustments at home to what you're doing and things will get back on track. But because sometimes there are processes, especially in our body, that takes, it's such a slow burn, that by the time we're noticing the effects of it, things might really be out of balance. And so I just don't mess around with that, especially when it comes to mental health. I really, really urge people to just kind of take the step to talk to someone outside of their
0: experience and just get it checked out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your healthcare provider could recommend therapy or meditation or all of that kind of stuff. But even just having someone validate your experience outside of your home, when I got my blood test results, and if you're new to listening to the, the episode, you didn't listen to the, I think it was last week's episode. I talk about talked about how I got some blood test results and I'm basically burnt out like she called me burnt toast. She's like, you're burnt burnt toast. And she says, you're a high functioning person and you can do things at a high level consistently. And you're just going, going, going. And then if something goes off or something else happens or is added to your plate, that's when you're really triggered and you can't, you can't handle it. Like you have no reserve left. She's like, you're basically surviving on anxiety and coffee, which is also probably true. I was shocked, but then I was so not surprised, right? It made sense, right? I'd never felt so seen. It allowed me to have a conversation with Darren instead of me saying, I feel like I'm going to lose my mind. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I can say my blood test results said this, this is what the doctor has said. This is what my therapist has said, right? And I think it also, and not that we need to validate our experience, but it does help validate our experience.
1: Absolutely. That really speaks to Something that I see over and over again, as far as not all types of support are created equally. So what I mean by that is sometimes what we need is validation. We need someone to say, what you're experiencing is real and it makes sense. Of course you feel that way. That is a healing experience in and of itself for many stepmoms. At the same time, sometimes we need directive guidance. We need someone who's going to coach us through making changes. We need both. I think of it as like we need validation and we need an invitation into rethinking, like a reflection. What am I going to do differently? And if you just have one without the other over and over again, that can reinforce the imbalance. Meaning if you just go for validation, so this might be someone who just goes to like their best friend who always is. I don't even need to know the details. You're right. I hate whoever has crossed you. Like they don't know what they're talking about. That feels amazing. It's not sufficient for long-term growth and change. Nor is it helpful to go straight to like a boot camp style personal development book or coach who just skips right over the validation and only gives you tough love. That feels like an imbalance because I'm not seen and that piece is essential if we're going to make meaningful change. And so It's all about experimenting. Like, what do I need in this moment? Maybe I need one session with a therapist to check me out, make sure that you know what I'm describing might not be a a sign that I need specialized support. But in the process, they can just tell me, your experience is valid. That might be enough. And that's beautiful.
0: Yeah, when I work with stepmoms one-on-one, many times at the end of our call, they're just so grateful to have heard that what they're feeling is okay and that this is normal and they don't need to feel guilty for it. Right. I think the guilt is a huge thing for a lot of women, especially stepmoms. They really just wanted someone to see them for what they're going through.
1: Absolutely. It's such a normal need that we have as humans. We need connection and we also need, think of it as, you know, so many times, I know you hear this all the time. I do too. I'm so glad to know I'm not going crazy. I thought I was crazy. I thought I was the only one. It's a very basic form of reality testing. Like at the most basic level, it's getting another person's eyes on what you're describing and you're both going, yeah, it's not you. Or it is you, but it makes sense that you're feeling what you're feeling. That's connection and it's that will always heal hurts.
0: I want to circle back to one thing you were talking about when you're you know, you want the tough love friend, or do you want just to some, someone who's just going to agree with everything that you're saying? I was talking to my girlfriend the other day and, and she's just going through some stuff. And I said to her, I said, okay, I said, what do you want from me right now? Do you want me to just listen and, you know, go with the flow of what you're saying? I said, or do you want, do you want my advice? What's best for you right now? And just like asking that permission is really powerful. And she said, you know, I I want your advice. I want your thoughts on this. And I had some thoughts that were maybe a little bit different than hers, right? Or I kind of challenged some things, agreed with a lot, but also challenged some things. And I think when we're providing that support too, or even when we're seeking it, we can differentiate, right? Like, what are we looking for right now? Like, how can we best support someone? Or what do we need from the people who are supporting us? But it's often not just someone to say exactly what you're feeling, right? Like you want you want to feel seen, but you also want to feel a little bit challenged. Definitely. And that's where
1: it's an amazing time. It's a complicated time to be alive and be a stepmom, but it's an amazing time as far as resources, because we have such a wide array of different kinds of resources. We have therapy, we have friends, we have secure communities online. We have free resources like this podcast people can tap into. There's coaching, there's meditation and medication. There's so many different things. And to your point, to the kind of a theme of this conversation, it evolves over time. Like if you think of them all as puzzle pieces or patches on a patchwork quilt, it's all going to come together to make the whole of what you need. But the combination and the end picture will look different over time. Like what you need right now might not be what you needed five years ago. And that doesn't mean you are failing in your role as a stepmom. That means today is a completely different day and you're presented with different challenges and you have different experiences and it all just changes
0: what you need right now. And it does change, right? As we both, yeah. you're the teenager years. I've got young adults and teenage stepkids and, you know, race is nine. It really does change the stressors in different stages of your stepmom journey evolve and they never fully go away. Sorry guys, if you're new and you're waiting for everything to get better, it doesn't fully 100% just go away. It evolves and, and, you know, you need to decide what, what kind of support team do you need in that time? And, and what kind of support system and strategies? You know, is it that you're making sure you're running every morning or going for a walk? Is it your meditation practice? Is it journaling? Is it joining the kick-ass Stepmom community? Is it working with a coach or a or psychologist or, or someone? What is your equation for taking care of yourself? Because it isn't just one thing.
1: I completely agree. And there is a exercise that I sometimes like to invite stepmoms to do when they're just kind of getting started, like just tipping a a toe in the self-care world is like, think about a day where everything is just as you need it to be. It is like your essential day. You're not on vacation, which maybe would be more ideal, but you are, it's like a regular weekday in your stepfamily life, but everything you have all the time that you need to do what you would like to do, to feel your best and show up your best. What makes that list? What are all your nice to haves? Mm -hmm. Then picture another day in your step family life, we've all had them, where things just go off the rails. Like nothing works out the way that you intended it to. It's just a complete cluster. When your head hits the pillow, what are the essential things that you will have needed in that day to survive it? Like intact. And so what that ends up usually doing is creating a beautiful long list and a short kind of grim list, but it usually has things like five minutes in a closet to breathe or a text to a friend or one solid meal. This is like way too pared down a list, but you get the idea. And what that does is it gives you your baseline of like, I need to plan my day so that every day has at least these bare essentials, Or I am living on borrowed time toward burnout. And then when I have the opportunity, I am grabbing from that other list to build myself up, to pour into my reserves so that I can show up my best every day. But those lists
0: will change. So I recommend revisiting them over time. Yeah, for sure. And before we wrap up, there's one thing I want to add to that is it's easy to get out of those strategies when things are really good. So for example, for a while there, I wasn't having my morning routine. I wasn't journaling in the morning. I wasn't doing any meditations. I wasn't making sure I got my workout in. And that was fine. Life was great at that time. Everything was working itself out. I was, I was feeling good. Those habits that you have in place, you need those for when things aren't great, right? Because when things aren't great, you don't even have the reserve to get back into those habits. So finding what you need to thrive when things are really tough And putting them into your daily routine for when things are great or when they're just, you know, mediocre, you're just like living your life. I think that's a really good strategy, too, because when you're on the brink of burnout and you don't have those habits in place, it just 10 x's everything. Yeah. Burnout. (laughs) Michaela, this is so good. Thank you so much, guys. Michaela is also really active in the forum of the Kick-Ass Stepmom community. So if you have questions for her, you can always... Hook up with her there and then tell them where they can find you, where they can work with you, all the things.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to have launched a coaching program one on one for stepmoms specifically around the topic of anxiety and working together. It's about getting to know your specific flavor of anxiety and doing some really in the moment coaching so that you can course correct as you're actually going through it. So I'm excited about that. You can learn more about that and just access all my other free resources on my website. I think, Jamie, if it works for you, I'll create just a dedicated landing page for your audience and send folks there, and then I'll have everything in one place. Yeah, for sure.
0: Let's do it. Okay. All right. We will link that in the show notes for you guys. Thank you so much, Michaela. It's always a pleasure. Chatting anxiety and stepmom life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fun times. The things that
1: we're interested in, eh? (laughs) Thanks for having me.
0: That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you enjoyed this episode and know someone that it would resonate with, do me a favor and send it their way. And if you haven't already, head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. I am so passionate about opening up the conversation about blended family life and debunking the stigma that comes with being a stepmom. And you sharing this podcast helps me do just that. Now, if you're craving more podcast episodes and interviews, would like to connect with me and get access to workshops like How to Disengage the Right Way, how to improve your relationship with your stepkids, how to talk to your partner about your stepfamily stress without causing a beggar's fight and more, you have to check out my membership, the Kick-Ass Stepmom community. Not only will this community give you access to strategies and tips to improve your stepfamily life, you can connect with me and stepmoms from over 30 countries around the world in our private chat and our live Q&As. Head to www.kickassstepmom.com to join.